Hello everyone, welcome back to my Keeping It Real podcast. So before I jump into today's episode, I wanted to quickly run one of my segments. So in each podcast, I'm going to be doing this segment and I've decided it's going to be a lesson of the week. So, so my lesson of the week this week is just to not sweat the small stuff. Sometimes we feel like our certain things that we're going through are much bigger than what, like they seem much bigger than what they actually are. And it's fine because we're all entitled to feel certain emotions and certain ways about certain situations. But I think if you pull yourself back in a little bit and, you know, feel how you need to feel, but then sort of once you've regrouped, just sort of sit and take a moment and think it could be worse. You know, I'm grateful for everything that I do have rather than focusing on the negative and constantly being upset about things that you may not have or if something's not happening for you the way you want it right now, trust in the universe that there's a reason why. Also, just understand that there's a lot of people out there in the world that are doing it a lot harder than you. So my lesson and my advice is take the time, write down the things in your life that you have already and that you are grateful for. Forget about the things that you cannot control because you're just wasting your energy on something that is completely out of your control. Look at the positive in everything. Trust in the universe and, you know, believe that life has a bigger plan. It just seems that sometimes we will not understand a certain situation or why these things are happening to us. But at a later date, we'll sort of have a light bulb moment and go, "Uh uh-huh, that's why. But just bring yourself back, understand that it's okay to feel what you feel. I would never, you know, put out there, oh, you must not feel anything about your situation because somebody's doing it harder than you. Not at all. You're entitled to feel the way you feel about things. But just know, I think the thing that puts it back in perspective is knowing and understanding that your situation is not that bad compared to someone else. A good way to be conscious of this and a little tip for you all because I've started to do this and you can write it in a journal if you have one, in a diary or like I do, I just write it in my notes on my phone each morning when I wake up. I write three things that I am grateful for and each night I write down three things that I achieved in the day. So that's a good thing to do to keep you like knowing, sorry, to keep you aware of the things that you are grateful for. So if you start to have a moment where, you know, you might complain about whatever you feel the need to complain about, you can always go back, have a look over the things that you've written down each morning and go, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm really quite good. 
So that's my lesson of the week this week. They're going to be different each time I record my podcast because let's face it, you not only learn different things you know, throughout the week, but each day. So I'm going to just try and pick one that I think is the most valuable and that people will uh, be able to take on board. So without further ado, let's get into today's podcast. So today's podcast is going to be more of a Q&A style podcast, I suppose. I did reach out on my socials and asked if anyone had any questions for me. There are a few that came through, so I will do my best to answer them for you. The first question came through. It was a really good one, actually. I don't know whether or not to say names. I feel like if you're listening to this and you have asked me a question, when I read out your question, you're going to know that it's from you. (laughs) So I probably just will say the question. So the first question was, why did you decide to stop dancing and have a baby? So before I answer this question, just a brief rundown for those of you who don't know. I have a huge background in dance. So I have been dancing since age four or five, I believe. My mum put me into dancing. Started ballet. Still love ballet. Don't do it anymore though. <laughs> um, yeah, so just for a brief rundown, like I've I basically danced every second of my life from age five until probably age, what will I say, 17, 18, possibly? Yeah, I would say. So I'm trained in all styles, ballet, jazz, tap, hip-hop, contemporary, cabaret, the list goes on. (laughs) So this question actually came from a girl that I used to dance with. So she's obviously interested to know the answer (laughs) as to why. Well, let me tell you, from the youngest age of probably 12, I knew in my heart and soul that that was 110% the path that I was going to take. I lived it. I breathed it. I wanted to be a dancer. That's the job I wanted and that's where I wanted my life to go. I don't think there was any day of the week that I wasn't dancing, that I wasn't taking a class or multiple on any given day. I remember getting to age maybe like 15, 16 and I remember my parents saying to me like, I know this is what you want to do, so talented, you 100% can do it but you need a backup. Oh no, they could not tell me. Otherwise, I was like, no, I don't. I don't need a backup. I'm 100% doing this. Like, this is my life. It's what I want to do. Blah, blah, blah. So, (laughs) straight out of school, I was lucky enough to land a job at Movie World here on the Gold Coast. I worked there for about three and a half years. So when I was hired, it was just for a seasonal contract. So I was only a dancer over the course of like the school holidays as the permanent dancers there were playing other roles. 
So I did that. Then I absolutely freaking loved working there that I had asked them, look, is there any way possible that after this seasonal contract ends that I can stay on? Like I just, I love it. (laughs) Anyway, I ended up getting a role as Tweety Bird. So I worked as a suit character there as well for quite a while. And then an audition came up for Supergirl. So I auditioned for that and I landed that role as well. So for the three or so years that I worked there, I did, I was Tweety Bird. I played Daffy Duck on occasion. I was Supergirl, which was um, a dancer's role as well. You also had another dancer role where you would just like be a chaperone for the day as well, as well as do the shows. And then what else did I do? I'm trying to think. Audrey Hepburn, I think was one. That was part of one of the other dancer days. Uh, Yeah. So I got to uh, perform in all of the shows that, that I held there at Movie World. I'm not sure what's still there. Actually, I've not been for the longest time. Anyway, so I did that. In in the midst of working at Movie World, like I would do dancer gigs and things like that um, outside of work, obviously, just to keep myself within the industry. I still went to auditions for like Tokyo Disneyland or um, Universal Studios, like uh, even cruise ships like Royal I auditioned for quite a few times as well. And look, I had been auditioning since age 15 because the more auditions you do, the more comfortable you feel when you keep going um, and the more they see your face. Like at first, obviously, it was just for the experience, which I feel was a good thing because, you know, come by the time I was 18 and able to legally get a contract, I was like I knew how the audition process worked. I was confident going in there you know, a lot less nervous. I knew how to pick things up quickly, you know. So it got to the point though, and any dancer out there will know and they will tell you it is one of the most cutthroat industries. It's really, really hard to constantly be, how do I say this? Uh, so hard on yourself. So as a dancer, you know, you, you stay in a positive mindset. You truly do believe you're not, you're not the best that you're never going to be the best. You might be your best, but there'll be always someone out there that is much better than you, whether that's technique, what they look like, you name it. So it's it's life. You're going to get knocked back. You persist, you persist, you persist. I think personally, I just got to the point that I couldn't take it anymore. I had to make a decision, which don't get me wrong, was a freaking hard one. When you've lived and breathed something for basically your entire life, you are so set on the fact that that is where your life is going and that is 100% what you want to do. That's what you've put all your time, your effort, your energy into. Not only me, but my parents, the the constant expense and outlay and, you know, 
all these things go into it, like it's not cheap. Like you pay for costumes, you pay for training. And this was my parents, by the way, for years, for years. So it was a really hard decision for me to make, but it got to the point that my mental health and my well-being was much more important to me than constantly worrying about whether my body was you know, on point, whether I looked like I was going to get the job, whether, or sorry, if my look was right for that particular job. Because these are the things that it comes down to. It's your body shape, your type, your height, which is was always going to be an issue for me as I'm not the tallest person. Um, yeah, so your look, they, especially for Disney and even the cruise ships, like they've got a specific look. They want their cast to be, you know, quite alike. Like it's, it's very type specific, these things. So once I got to the age of 18, I was just so hard on myself. Like every time I failed an audition and it's not like I didn't do well in auditions. Like I really did quite well in the auditions. I would, I would always sort of get to the the last round or the last sort of point before they like, then they would record you. So from that point, once they'd recorded you, they then go back and obviously watch it, rewatch the people that have auditioned for the day. And then they sort of pick from that point. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I took a lot of knockbacks and it just got the better of me, I suppose. And I just had to choose like whether or not that was the life that I wanted to keep living. It was getting quite unhealthy for me mentally. And I just made the decision that, you know, if something that I loved so much and once made me so, so happy and I was so passionate about it and I started to lose the love and lose the passion and once those things are gone, there ain't no getting them back, unfortunately. I mean, look, I shouldn't say that. The passion is still within me. I love it. And when I do still go and take class, oh my God, it honestly, dancing fuels my soul. There's just something that it does to me that makes me feel incredible. But I think looking back, I feel like I did make the right decision to not pursue it as a career personally for my own mental health and well-being like it really just was not good and the way I look at it now and where I am now and being a mum if I had have pursued my career in dance I wouldn't have met the love of my life who then gave me my son so things happen in life in mysterious ways And if, you know, you truly believe at one point that your life is going in one direction, trust me, life's like, no, you're wrong. I mean, and I'm not saying that if you have a love for something that you're so passionate about, don't not persist with it. By all means, persist because persistence is key and you will 100% get there. You will. There's, There's no doubt about it. But for me personally, like, trust me, I could have persisted, but even in doing so, would I have been any more happy than what I was? Probably not. 
You know, it's like you want to enjoy the journey too. You don't want to get to a point that you're just like, this fucking sucks. Like, I feel like shit. I feel like I'm letting myself down. I've only worked and trained my ass off my entire life to land one job. Like, are you kidding me? It's just a lot to take. But I'm not saying, and any of my my students, because I am still a dance teacher as well, If any of my students are listening to this, please don't ever give up on your dream. If you have a dream, chase it. But you will know throughout your life, and even if this is a career that you want to take, go for it. I'm not saying to give up. And I don't, I honestly, even now, I don't believe I gave up. I just made the best choice and the best decision for my life and where I thought it needed to go. If that one thing was no longer making me happy, why would I keep doing it? You know, whereas now, because I'm not so focused on it and I'm not like drilling myself, I can go and take class and, and fuck, it makes my soul sing. Like I just, it's, it makes me so happy, but I'm not stressing about it. I'm not worried about what my body looks like. If my looks are exactly what they want you know, so just know. And if you, if dancing is something that you are going to pursue, just know and understand how hard it is, but it's okay. I'm not trying to scare you away from it, you know, but it's like anything. It's like any sport, you know, those, those people that persist, you know, are probably most successful, mostly successful in their field or their career path. So, This is just my personal experience and my decision that I made was what was best for me. And now looking back, I think, thank God I made that decision because I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't have my son, like I said, or my partner. And I'm incredibly happy with how my life has turned out so far. So I guess that was a super long answer, but that is the reason as to why the In a nutshell, it just wasn't making me happy anymore. Uh, I was struggling a bit with my mental health because being so hard on myself and such a perfectionist, like I just needed to make that really tough decision to go, nah, I just, this is not the life that I want to live for myself. And yeah, that's basically it. Just to clarify though, I still dance. I just chose not to pursue it as a lifelong career. So I still take class. I still teach class and I get more enjoyment out of it now because I'm not, like I said, I don't have to worry about really impressing anyone to land a job. And even up until right before I fell pregnant, I actually had got back into dancing and I was doing, um, I was a reserve for the Titans cheer squad. And then, you know, I was doing that and training for that. And I was going to do that all season. And the first game that I did, it was like the week before the first game that I did, I found out I was pregnant. So I only did the one game and then, yeah, I had to obviously (laughs) stop because there's no way anyone would want to watch a pregnant lady in a cheerleading costume I'd say (laughs) I'm just assuming throwing it out there yeah so I still and I love it my enjoyment and passion and love for it is 
back now because, yeah, I'm not worrying about the things that I used to be worried about if I were to pursue it as a career. So I guess the career I chose to take being personal training and dance teaching, dance teaching especially is the best way for me to keep doing what I love doing and keep dancing in my life. I would never like cull it completely, but I just wanted to clarify. So I, the, what I basically gave up was pursuing, yeah, dancing as a career. So hope that answers your question. (laughs) It's a long one. I'm super sorry for the answer being so long, but I guess like after years and years and years of of training and, and dancing and having it as you know, the air that I breathe, it's like, yeah, it was a hard decision to make, but yeah. Anyway. Okay. Moving on. Next question. (laughs) So the next question is another good one. What type of birth did you have? So I'm assuming that's like natural birth or did you have a cesarean? So the answer is I had a emergency cesarean. I was in labor for a long 36 hours <laughs> uh, before they decided that I needed a emergency cesarean. The one thing I learned throughout this experience of giving birth was it is the one thing you cannot control. It was, yeah, far out. It was a lot, but, you know, it was worth it in the end. I got there, had a happy, healthy baba, and... Yeah, he, Zaid was actually four weeks early as well. So, yeah, it was not the birth that I was expecting or that I would have loved. But look, like I've said, and I'll say it to myself time and time again, that's what was meant to happen. That's what the safest possible option was for me and my baby. And, yeah, it is what it is. There's no... You know, I I can't say I really felt, um, you know, too defeated or anything. I mean, look, I'll be honest, I did not want a cesarean. Like, it was the furthest bloody thing from what I wanted when I gave birth. But, yeah, like I said, it was just, it could have gone really, really wrong or really bad and things could have, you know, been much, much worse if that wasn't the way that I birthed my baby. So yeah, definitely can't wait to do it all over again, as crazy as that sounds. But yeah, it's just the most surreal experience. Like even thinking back now, I just, they're right when they say, like people say to you, oh, you'll forget about it. Like at the time, you're like, how could I ever forget this? It's so traumatic. (laughs) But And it's like people still often ask me, like, what's the pain of labor? I'm like, mate, just wait your turn. I cannot even explain it to you. I remember, like, asking my mom through my pregnancy, like, please, can you just give me some inkling of, like, what it's going to feel like? I'm trying to mentally prepare myself. She's like, mate, I can't. You cannot possibly describe, you know, and people, some women will say, oh, it's like um, period pain. Uh, yeah, it is, but only for the early labor and then... I don't even know what kind of pain comes after that. <laughs> but yeah, it's um crazy, crazy, but amazing. Like it's it's so unreal and I love that I was able to just experience that and go through that and I'm not sure like at the moment when I think about my next baby as well, I don't 
really know what I want to opt for. Like it's hard there as well because I, you know, in my head I go, oh, well, I kind of self-doubt and I go, well, if I couldn't get one baby out, you know, naturally, then what's the chances of me getting another baby out that way? But like, like every pregnancy, every baby is different. Every birth is different. So I don't know. At this stage, I would love to go for a VBAC. I would love to be able to have experienced a natural birth as well as an emergency cesarean. But honestly, you can't control it. That's what I've learned. It all just depends. So yeah. Anyway, that's the answer. I had an emergency cesarean. That's how I gave birth to my baby boy. So yeah. So someone asked, how old are you? I am currently 24. I turned 25 November the 14th this year. About to hit that quarter life crisis. Nah, (laughs) kidding. Well, I guess I don't know until I get there, right? (laughs) Uh, Next question was, how did you choose such a cool baby name? Well, from the very beginning, like once... Oh, even before I was pregnant, actually, I've always said that I wanted like a unique or unique names for my kids, like not weird or anything, but just unique, something different. So that's what we were after when looking for Zade's name. So for months, honestly, I had a list in my notes and most of my girlfriends that have just had babies as well around the same time, um, around the same age as Zade did the same thing. So I would write a list of names and each time I heard or seen a name that I like, you know, I liked, I would write it in the notes. And then probably like maybe every few weeks or so, like the list was so big guys, like you don't even understand. And we already knew we were having a boy, but I still had picked out a few girls names that I liked just in case because I have heard that even though you find out the gender of your baby, sometimes they can be wrong. So I was like, just to be safe, like just in case I want to have a couple of girls names handy. Anyway, so I would like send the list to Riley, my partner, or we would sit down on the couch, you know, every few weeks and sort of go through the list and then like cull the ones we didn't really like as much anymore to like make the list smaller. And then my other thing as well was when picking the name, because my partner's last name is quite long. So I didn't want like two long names. I wanted like something short and sweet that would have a good ring to it and go with like a long last name. (laughs) So There was all these things. Honestly, you don't understand how hard it is to name a baby. I did not even understand until I had to. I was like, wow, this takes like so much. And like people are right when they say there's like maybe particular people that you don't like or have like, you know, and then so that right there, you're like, even if you like the name, you're like, yuck, no, when we could not use that name. So um, there's like all these things that go into it and it's like not easy. So yeah, I don't know. We just, we had a few short, sweet names and I just, every time I kept going back to that and Riley was the same, like out of all the names we had chosen and I can't even remember half of them now. I don't even know what it came down to between the last two names, but from probably like the six month or seven month mark, we were like pretty certain we're like set on Zade. So 
you know, people often tell you to, oh, you might have a name picked though and the baby might not look like that. It's like, oh, so you've always got to back up. But no, we were convinced he was definitely his aide and I think he honestly suits it. And I just love it. I love how short, sweet it is. A lot of the midwives said to us in hospital as well, Zay, that's different. We haven't heard that before. I was like, yes you know, goal achieved. <laughs> That's what I wanted. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I love it. I still to this day, like I honestly was nervous about that too. Like thinking that once you'd named your baby that, you know, a few months later, you'd be like, why did I pick that name? But nah, there's no way I'm stoked. And he suits it. It's, he's definitely, definitely his age. So <laughs> yeah, that is how. And then this next question comes from one of my cousins, which I refuse to answer. <laughs> She said, who's your fave cousin? Look, I don't do favorites, okay? The only favorites that I do are a favorite box of chocolates, but that's about it. So, sorry, I can't answer that. (laughs) All right, next one was, are you back working after baby? Short answer, yes. But it's very, very, very casual. So I work from home as a personal trainer. I have a couple of clients that come to me and I train them from home. Um, So if you're interested, hit me up. (laughs) Little plug there, self plug. (laughs) Um, But I also teach for my girlfriend. I do boot camps and she owns a dance studio. Sorry, I skipped that part. And that's on a Saturday morning that I do that. And... Yeah, I just fill in if she ever needs me to teach dancing for her as well. But I take student boot camp and I take a boot camp on a Saturday morning for their mamas as well, which is super fun. But yes, so yes, I am working, but to call it work, I don't know if I could or not. (laughs) Yeah, definitely working. It's just super, super cash and it works well because I can work it around, you know, my life and Zaid and yeah, it's easy. Next question is, how many times a week do you train? Well, (laughs) usually three to four times a week, roughly. But as of the last couple of weeks, I've been in a bit of a funk. I don't want to go too much into that because I would like to actually do a podcast when I talk about motivation And I'm going to sort of link that into that podcast. So I'm not going to go super into that. But yeah, I've had an off few weeks or maybe closer to an off month. But I will further explain that in my motivation podcast, which I will probably be posting next week. So stay tuned for that because there was definitely a few of you that wanted me to talk more motivation, which I'm happy to do. I just thought I'd get this out of the way first. So yeah. On average, I would say three to four times a week, you know, not at the moment, but usually. (laughs) Okay, next question. Oh, convenient. How do you stay motivated? I will cover this a lot in the motivational podcast as well. So I might actually leave that question out for the time being because I think I can really elaborate on that in next week's podcast. Simple question, fave color, pink, obviously, I love it. It is, it's my color, I tell you. I love pink. Ask anyone, like everything pink, anything and everything pink, I own it. 
<laughs> so next one. Oh, cool. Fave food. Well, God, how do you even choose that? I mean, fave food. I'm trying to think. What would I? My favorite meal, if I could put it down to that, I've always been a huge lover of lasagna. So if I had to choose a, a favorite food or slash meal, it would be lasagna. Favorite food though? Oh, how could I not remember what my favorite food of all time ever is? Chocolate, obviously. Cadbury's? Yeah, I won't eat. No, I'm not going to say I won't eat anything else, but Cadbury's through and through. <laughs> And then the last question that I got through was, how old is your dog? It's so cute. Well, he's a he, his name is Archie, and Archie has just turned five, would you believe? And yes, he is fully grown. <laughs> he's a miniature Pomeranian. So I believe, I don't know for sure, but I do believe that he is crossed with Chihuahua because I don't know how else that breed would be so small. So Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes this Q&A podcast. I hope there was a, there was quite a variety of questions that came through and it's turned out that this podcast is like super long. So if you've made it to this point, thank you for listening. And yeah, I'm super excited to keep these podcasts rolling on. Like they're so much fun to record and to do. And I'm just like in my element when I do it. So thank you for the support. I'm super shocked at how many people actually listened to the first podcast that I did as well. So thank you guys so much. It's it's making it worthwhile. And I'm happy because I really, really, really wanted to do it, like these podcasts. So yeah, well, thank you for listening. I'll wrap this up here and stay tuned for next week's podcast if you're really wanting to listen to my motivation talk. So Um, If you're needing motivation at the moment or you're lacking motivation or you just want me to answer that question and elaborate on how I stay motivated, it's all going to be answered in that next podcast. So stay tuned. I'm most likely going to upload that Monday next week. So I'll keep you up to date with that. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your Monday and I will see you. Well, I won't see you. I say this at the end of everything. I've got to get better at closing this out. You will hear from me very, very soon. Bye.